Welcome to Order Up, the podcast from the National Restaurant Association. I'm Helen Jane Hearn, Senior Director of Content, and today I'm talking to Pete Pearson, Global Initiative Lead and Senior Director of Food Lost and Waste at World Wildlife Fund, and Suzanne Cohen, Customer Marketing Manager from Essity. And today we're talking about 86 Food Waste, an initiative to reduce food waste in restaurants. Pete and Suzanne speak to the industry's focus on sustainability, and we all talk about what's next. First up, Pete Pearson. Pete, thank you for coming today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Helen. Tell me a little bit more about what you do at WWF and how that intersects with the restaurant industry. Yeah, so I started this role about six years ago with World Wildlife Fund. And the idea was to come in and be part of our food and agriculture program. And so a lot of people don't know this, but food and agriculture, actually, it carries a huge weight on the planet's shoulders. And in order to produce food and to produce fiber and fuel and all the things that we expect from agriculture, one of the sacrifices, unfortunately, is the planet's biodiversity and ecosystems and habitat. So I was hired specifically to focus on food loss and waste within food and agriculture and to really start building this program across a global network of offices at WWF. So it's been a pretty incredible journey so far. How does that roll into the history of the 86 Food Waste Program? I mean, it started in part because one of the things that we did at WWF, we started working with the hospitality sector really early on. So again, we started this program in 2015. Right about the time I was hired, we created some partnerships with groups like Hilton Hotels. And what happened was we developed an entire toolkit around the hospitality sector that we call Hotel Kitchen. And I think what was fun is when we launched that in 2017, other industries started looking at this issue and looking at what we developed. And so I think there was just this natural inclination to like, hey, let's let's take what we've learned and let's start applying it to restaurants. Let's start really looking at what's happening in terms of food waste and just food in general within restaurants. This idea of sustainability, I think, is becoming more and more important to restaurants and that was the start of it. You know, I'd say it was around 2017 or so. So we decided to uh, model a program like we did with Hotel Kitchen and apply it to the restaurant industry. And can you describe about what that program looked like? What was the anatomy of a program like that? Yeah, the one thing that we've done within any of our programs that we do is you have to come at this from a place of empathy. I think you have to realize what is it like to be a chef in a hotel that wakes up at four in the morning to feed 1500 people? What is it like to be a restaurant owner that has to go into work every day and be ready to serve hundreds of customers? You know, it's really easy to be judgmental and to say, oh, how dare these restaurants waste food or how dare this sustainability program isn't happening. So until you walk in their shoes and realize what their day is like, you can't implement these programs or best practices. So we spend a lot of time doing piloting programs. We, we try to get a group of restaurants or hotels that want to work with us so that we can embed ourselves and learn about how they conduct their operations. 
And then from that, we start to create interventions and programs for measurement to see what's possible. We try things, we fail at things, but along the way, some things end up being successful in possible interventions. So could you tell me a little bit about a restaurant that might have participated in this program and and how that would have worked? Well, I mean, I go back to my uh, waiter days long ago. I mean, they're fast paced, a lot of turnover. And I think one thing that always pops out to me in food service businesses is you have to be able to create employee engagement. Like you have to be able to create employees that care about these issues and want to be engaged on them. Or else operationally, there's just never a chance. They're not, they're not going to be sticky, is what I like to say. So you have to create that engagement model, that training model. And I think one of the biggest things is we've got to get restaurants and food service businesses separating food out of the trash. And it just sounds super elementary and maybe way too simple, but especially in, in, in this country, like we've grown way too accustomed to just treating the trash bin as just everything goes in, no thought. It's a fixed cost, right? Waste is a fixed cost. We've got to move away from that. Waste is not a fixed cost at all. And what happens when we separate food waste out of the trash is that we begin to be able to quantify it and measure it. And I think that is really, really important. It's also the most difficult thing to do because operationally, that's a change. Like you have to shift and change the way you operationally practice your day-to-day business. And let's be honest, like nobody likes change really. I mean, you don't, you don't want to change. It, it requires more work sometimes. And that's the biggest hurdle, I think, is like that separation of food from the trash and the journey towards actually measuring it and trying to reduce it over time. I'd say a lot of operators, not all of them, but I'd say a lot of operators see the trash bill as just being that fixed cost. I can imagine a future where a lot of restaurants, small businesses maybe don't even have a trash bill, right? You have some recycling, you have food waste that you're composting, but you could probably get to a future where there is very little, if any, trash that you have. And I'm saying this, this is all comes down to how you manage your operation, um, how you recycle and how you purchase like the types of materials and the things that you purchase that ultimately see their way into a, a waste stream. You've mentioned the weighing or measuring the food waste. I know that on the 86 food waste site, we have a calculator that helps operators you know, kind of identify how much food waste and how they might be able to reduce it. What else could an operator learn from using that calculator? I mean, I mean, the one of the things that I think would be really valuable is you start to realize how good your menu is and, and you start to reflect on a menu design that could be better if you're analyzing your waste stream. I mean, I've never managed a restaurant. So full, full transparency, I've worked in one, right? For since I, I was, my, it was my first job as a 13 year old, I was a restaurant worker. What'd you do? I was a dishwasher. Excellent. Yeah, at a prime rib house. And I still have nightmares of how I smelled when I got done with the shift at one o'clock <laughs> in the morning. But we'll save that for another time. <laughs> but what, what I always like to say is I think there is a lot you can learn by analyzing your waste. 
you can learn how efficient you are in your preparation each day. You can learn a lot by how you do preparation in terms of portion sizing or portion preparation, right? Anticipating your forecasting of how many people, how many guests you're going to have move through your restaurant. And again, a lot of these things, some restaurants, especially on the portion sizing part, some restaurants, they, it's like part of their brand, right? They want to have the prime rib that's five inches off my plate and maybe I eat a quarter of it. But we're at this moment when we have to really, I think we need to reevaluate these things. We know things like uh, beef, pork, chicken, seafood, they carry a tremendous environmental footprint. I'm not here to be prescriptive and say everybody needs to be vegetarian, right? That, that's a whole other debate. But I think the question is, do we have the right to waste the way we currently do? I think that's a much more, it's a much different question than a sustainable diets question. It's like, do we fundamentally have the right to squander food resources just because we can, just because we paid for it? I don't know. That's a tough one. I tend to think, no, I don't think this, I don't think this should be something that we do. But I think when a business, when a restaurant starts to analyze their waste stream, they start to see all these places where their operation down to menu design and portions can all change. And it uh, ultimately, I think, saves money at the end of the day. If you can do that while at the same time giving people the same experience, why not do it? It's nothing but upside. Yeah, it almost feels like, you know, not only do you need to have empathy for restaurants and what they're dealing with, but you also need to have a bigger imagination than how we're currently doing things, because I don't think that may even occur to diners or um, restaurant workers right now that, oh, that's a thing that impacts the earth. That's a thing that I'm doing that has an impact that I could help fix. It's a big imagination issue too. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And, and so much of this is just, it's cultural. Like these things are so deeply ingrained that uh, it's tough to change them. But I would say that some of these things started Fundamentally, I think in the restaurant business, like you look back to the start of a company like uh, McDonald's, for example, right? This was a new way of bringing food to people that was fast. It was convenient. There was, it was like all progress, you know, it was, it was exciting. It was fun. I think in the same way, this could be exciting and fun and new to think about things on a waste-free type trajectory. It doesn't have to be all doom and gloom, and it doesn't have to be an issue where we feel like we're getting less in the process. You know, I, I think I'm, I'm optimistic with these things. How can we broaden the idea of that circular food economy? Um, how does that play with general sustainability in the restaurant industry? Yeah, I think in the in the wake of COVID, I mean, anybody that's excited about going out to a restaurant again, of which I'm part of that crew. I think th there's also a recognition that we've fundamentally shifted, I think, the way we interact with restaurants. We, we do a lot more takeout, right? And so I think there needs to be a hard look at that. There needs to be 
you know, we need to think about what types of materials we're putting out into the world as we do take out. I think regardless of what material types we pick, whether it's plastics or compostables, one of the overarching goals should be minimization. Like let's minimize how much packaging and how much we need to put in, in terms of takeout while also making sure we, we ensure food safety. That's always goal number one. When we do things through a minimization lens, we're also reducing costs on the business. And you might know more than me about this. Like I'm sure businesses are having to pay a lot more right now for packaging and takeout. And I'm sure that's eating into the bottom line or it's really difficult like to figure out your, your profit margins as a restaurant. So this is going to be another challenge. Let's, let's not waste food, but let's also not uh, create mountains of other types of waste in the process just out of convenience. Earlier, you talked a little bit about menu design, and I'd like to talk about that a little bit more. You had mentioned about, you know, some of those animal proteins are a much heavier, uh, have a bigger impact on, on the earth. Besides more vegetable heavy um, or non-meat menu, is there anything else that restaurants can do from a menu design perspective about reducing food waste? I mean, portion sizing to me is a, is a big one. And I get it. Again, some of these things are tied to brands and like what you're coming to market with. But I think portion sizing should be really looked at. You know, anybody that is doing catering, especially, uh, so larger scale catering operations, I think there is a lot that can be done in terms of how you prepare. I mean, if you if you go into an event with an idea that, hey, minimizing the amount of food waste is a really big part of what we want to do. It changes the whole mindset for how you're running your production, right? How you're cooking, how you bring in your head counts, your forecasting, what happens the actual day of, you know, you expected 300, you only got a hundred. Like if you're prepared for that, you can save a ton of, of food from being even prepared. So I, I think that's another big piece of it. I, you know, I'd be a lot of the the smaller restaurants, um, quick service. They're probably already really good at this. They're able to anticipate or not overproduce because they're they're more of the made to order part. So then I think a lot of it probably comes down to inventory management. You know, like making sure you're not keeping too much inventory. And again, I think a lot of businesses are already really good at this. Excellent. Thank you. Is there anything else that you wanted to add about food waste reduction, this program? I mean, the, the one thing that was really interesting, we were going to, we had started to launch 86 Food Waste in collaboration with the National, National Restaurant Association. I mean, it was almost a week, the week of COVID blowing up. I think it was March 20th is in my head as like the launch date for this program. Yeah. And immediately it was, you know, no one cares about sustainability right now. We are trying to save an industry in crisis. Absolutely. And we are seeing that interest come full circle now where sustainability is really at the top of a lot of, you know, a lot of restaurant concerns and needs. And um, so I think this is, it's good timing for us to finally get to talk about this program. Yeah, it totally is. I mean, I think the one thing the pandemic taught us, taught me, and I want to keep this in the back of our, of our 
like consciousness is that how important is healthcare and nurses and doctors, you know, how important are the teachers, but also how important is the food system, the people that wake up every day and not only work at the grocery store, but the people that give us the, uh, the chance to go have an experience and to celebrate life, you know, and that is the restaurant industry. Like we owe this industry so much. And I think we need to appreciate it. And one of the ways we can appreciate it more is to celebrate food and to really take issues like this seriously. Let's, let's not just be happy squandering the planet's resources just because we can, you know, just because we felt like we have the right to, because we paid for it. I think if the consumer comes along in issues like this and starts to, you know, be more aware of it, the restaurant industry would gladly go along and be happy to cater to everybody's needs with this. It's uh, so I'm hopeful. I, th- I think we're at a great turning point and I think uh, the restaurant industry can be part of the solution with this. Yeah. I think, you know, when it comes to hospitality, there's being a good host and there's being a good guest and there's a lot that goes into being a good guest and it's important for us to be a good guest on this planet. And yeah. that is a lot of what this program is all about. So thank you, Pete, for your time today. I can't wait to launch the rest of this program with you again this year. Yeah. Thanks again for all that you're doing and uh, appreciate it. Now we'll be speaking with Suzanne Cohen, customer marketing manager from Essity, the sponsor of the 86 Food Waste Program. We talked about the innovations Essity is bringing to market at the intersection of tech paper products, and circularity. Suzanne, could you tell me a little bit about your role at Essity? Yeah, so I've been in food service marketing for many, many years. Uh, Currently, I'm the customer marketing manager at Essity, and my role is helping our food service customers to improve hygiene and enhance sustainability and then promote these efforts to help them grow their business. So it looks like Essity has had a history of promoting sustainability. That's something that's been important to the company. Can you tell me a little bit more about the history of these initiatives? Yeah, of course. So Essity is based in Sweden, and many people realize that Sweden is one of the most sustainable countries in the world. So our business was initially only in Europe, and it's still a nice percentage of our business. But over there, there's a lot more legislation and the Green Deal. And the goal of the Green Deal is to boost the efficient use of resources by moving to a clean circular economy. So we're developing products that abide by strict guidelines for reduced packaging and consumption reduction. So it kind of comes out of the Sweden um, headquarters. That's fantastic. How does technology intersect with this kind of sustainability and these efforts that you're doing? Yeah. So like everything else, you know, technology is always evolving and helping us advance. So we have a new compression process that helps us reduce the size of paper product bundles. So that means there's less transportation and storage footprint, less packaging, and then fewer trucks are required to deliver these same goods. Uh, Also, we're constantly looking at new sources of recyclable plastic packaging and different waste streams that can accept our packaging, and that continues to evolve and develop. So can you tell me a little bit more about the compression technology? Yeah, so it's really great. So um, for napkins and then for paper towels, 
We're actually, you know, that stack of paper towels is taking up 50% less in height. So it's a nice compact bundle. So you're getting, you know, twice as much product in the same footprint in that case. So you need fewer cases. So less on the road, less in your warehouse, less in that cart that's, you know, moving around your operation. So really efficient and you're getting more capacity too. So if you're loading a bundle into a napkin dispenser or a towel dispenser, you have so much more in there. So you have to refill it less often because it's compressed. Oh, interesting. Like a, like a mattress. Yeah. <laughs> you order online. That's cool. Exactly. <laughs> I saw on Essity in, in your language on your website, and you mentioned it, circularity as a concept. Can you explain a little bit more about what is circularity and, and how does that work? Yes. So circularity is moving from the traditional make and take concept of consumerism to now putting material back into the stream. So the majority of our products are certified compostable. 90% of the packaging is from renewable resources. So it's either carbon or a paper over wrap. And then the vast majority of our products are made from 100% recycled fibers. And then paper can be recycled up to four to six times before the fibers break down too much to be reused. That's interesting. So you're kind of, you're working with it, not just from you know, let's recycle, let's reduce our use. It's all the way through the product life cycle. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, Essity had helped um, support this program that we did last year, the 86 Food Waste. So supporting reduction in food waste with our operator community. Could you tell me why that program was important to Essity to support? Yeah. So actually we had seen the hotel industry fighting food waste guide that you put together for hotels. And we were really impressed with that. So when the opportunity came up to do it with the restaurants, we knew that they would benefit from this type of guidance. Um, as I mentioned, the Torque napkins and other paper products are made from 100% recycled fibers that are compostable. So we want re- to help restaurants become knowledgeable in best practices in diverting food waste. Um, we, I have some fun stats to share with you. So according to the EPA, more than 50% of all solid waste is made up of compostable materials, and 28% of that is paper product waste. Um, we're also seeing that studies show sustainability is increasingly affecting our choices as consumers. And even with the global pandemic, uh, in a recent study we did, 54% of respondents feel very strongly that companies should help improve the environment. Excellent. So how does food waste reduction impact the restaurants that you serve? So we're trying to help them where it impacts us is we're trying to help guide them through composting where they can and to include the napkins. So including the napkins in your composting Mm -hmm. efforts. And composting. Yeah. And composting. Like it's not just about our product, but really to find alternatives for that waste when you aren't able to, you know, use other solutions that were covered in the study. Great. Well, I absolutely love this program. We've seen some really great results. Could you tell me a little bit more about what's next for sustainability and hygiene? Yeah. So we're looking towards innovation for products and hygiene today in this post-COVID world. Um, One thing that's really exciting is we have an initiative called Torque Vision Cleaning. 
and it uses the internet of things. So we're actually using real-time data to help customers work smarter and be proactive in managing their facility. So the system is using a combination of digital cleaning software, which is monitoring, and sensors um, in the, the restrooms and in the dispensers that monitor visitor traffic and consumption levels for our products, which are soap, sanitizer, hand towels, and bath tissue. So we're using real-time data to show exactly when a washroom or a restroom needs to be cleaned. So the staff is looking at monitors and identifying when they need to go into that restroom and change the bath tissue or the towels. So we're really reducing the burden on maintenance staff because they don't have to do the rounds constantly. They can go when they're needed. And they also have a people count. So they can say, okay, every 50 people, we want to make sure we get in that washroom to clean up and tidy up. That's a huge efficiency. That's great. Just a much more efficient way to utilize your resources. Um, the other things that you know are less techy are we have high capacity dispensers, um, things like cordless bath tissue, items that are running out less frequently, so that less staff time is required to keep them stocked up. And did you have anything else you wanted to share with me about where Essity's headed in this post-COVID world? Sustainability, you know, seemed like it took a little bit of a back burner during COVID, but it's coming back really strong. So we would just want to make sure that we're there to help our customers um, with hygienic solutions that are also sustainable, because that's, you know, what matters long term for everybody. We all benefit from that. That's fantastic. Huge thanks to Pete and Suzanne for their time today. And make sure you check out the website 86foodwaste.com. It's brought to you by Essity and WWF, as well as the National Restaurant Association. And on it, you can find reports, food waste, calculators, and all kinds of tools to help you learn more about how your operation can reduce food waste. Again, that's 86foodwaste.com. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Order Up, the podcast from the National Restaurant Association. I'm Helen Jane Hearn, Senior Director of Content and host of today's episode. Leave us a review and subscribe to Order Up at your favorite podcast service. Episode produced by Dante32.